Welcome to the Career Conversations podcast brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. I'm your host, Craig McGregor. And apologies to those people who've been waiting for a a more updated conversation. We haven't had one for a little while as we've had some technical issues with some of our equipment. Now we've got that sorted, we can keep ploughing ahead and bring you more great conversations with excellent people from uh, the Hunter and beyond. Uh, To come back to our podcasts, we've got a really good conversation with a a guy that I've known for a little while, his name's Darren Munro. Uh, Darren is, is currently uh, the owner, along with his wife Kim, of Aussie Home Loans here in Maitland. Darren's story is excellent. He's actually transitioned from being a tradesman into a mortgage broker. Um, it's a story about how hard work shines through. I love how he transitioned from being an employee to a business owner and he's really open and honest around what that's meant to him and how he's been able to not only assist people in the finance market but also assist people through employment and and provide for members of their family and and for our community here in the Maitland area. He's really open and honest about the potential uh, shifts that have come from the uh, Royal Commission into the banking industry. So please sit back and enjoy this great career conversation with our friend Darren Munro. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. People-centric recruiters, HRG looks to use technology and personal interviewing techniques to ensure the best fit possible for both the candidate and the employer. We operate labour hire and temp services for various sites, conduct permanent recruitment searches and have an innovative program we call temp to perm You can find us on the web www.hrgroup.com .com.au or search for us on your favourite social site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Whether you're an employer looking for a fantastic new team member or you're an individual seeking their next great career move, start a conversation with Hunter Recruitment Group today. So welcome to the Career Conversations podcast, Darren Munro. Hi Craig, thanks for having me over. Yeah, no problems at all. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I think your story is not dissimilar to a lot of people in the marketplace, but it's a really interesting one. So why don't we start at the start? Tell us about Darren at school and what, what did you want to do? The not so clever kid. Um, <laughs> I left school in year 10, went back to year 11 for one day, said that's not for me. Yep. I don't want to be an intellect anymore because I wasn't anywhere near it. So you just didn't like school or? Didn't like the theory side of things. So I decided after one day year 11, I would need to find something else to do. So I went and did an exam at TAFE to see what courses I'd qualify for. So back in those days, you'd just do a general exam and then they would say, okay, that you see these sorts of courses. Had an entrance exam and you needed certain criteria to do certain courses and you could select out of those. Um, I happened to choose automotive mechanics for 12 months full time. Um, Why? Why did you want to do automotive mechanics? I thought everyone needs a mechanic. I knew nothing about cars. Did you like cars? I loved cars. Yeah, right. Didn't know anything about them. Yep. Uh, except they needed fuel, tyres, <laughs> servicing. Lots they didn't of know how to drive them. But, uh, and then I did school work experience at a firm in Raymond Terrace at the time, and they didn't have any jobs. So I thought, bugger it, I'll go back after I've done some training. And I was lucky enough to get an apprenticeship. Okay, so, so you got an apprenticeship, and, and so that's a component of TAFE and on-the-job training. Yeah, so what happened was the 12-month course I did gave me basically my whole first year of theory done. So to that employer, I was able to be at yeah. the workshop full time for two years rather than just the last year. So there was an advantage to hiring you over a, a at, first year person? At that time, yeah. Okay. 
And so were you mainly servicing light vehicles, mum and dad cars? What were you doing? Car dealership. So okay. mainly a variety of common repairs to, say, make a model. Um, a lot of routine servicing. I used to do the NRMA breakdowns, emergency repairs, quite big repairs. Um, a lot of travellers used to travel through the highway at Raymond Terrace. Yeah, okay. So we used to do a lot of variety of vehicles. Um, yeah, it's, so it was like good it? learning. Did you like it to start no, your career? Really. No? I didn't mind it, yep. but it, it wasn't my end goal. Yeah. So did you stick with it, though? You stick with your trade? I did it. I was on the tools. I became a workshop foreman very quickly. I was the last one to... Why do you think Leave work and the first one to get there. So do you reckon that ethic allowed you to climb that ladder? It did, yeah. And I, and I openly told them I didn't see myself being on the floor as a mechanic swinging spanners for the rest of my life. So how early was that? Uh, six months after I was trades qualified. So you were four years in, trade qualified, six months in, you're like, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be here all day spinning spinning tools. No. I'm better than this. And, and they spotted that and they yeah. agreed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. Yeah, but I was always the first one to, uh, first one to arrive, last one to leave. Didn't hold my hand out for overtime. Just thought, well, if I was the owner of this business, what would I want? So I just gave a hundred percent, and things flowed my way. Don't want to stereotype people, but is that the mentality of most people in that industry? Uh, no, <laughs> no, a low percentage. Low percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did that open doors for you? Absolutely. You yep. Yeah, for sure. So it gave me good references. Anyone that checked on my past work yep. history was pretty good. I had a couple of minor things that didn't quite go my way, but um, that all that all worked well in the end. Yeah. So where did you go to? So your workshop supervisor from that, that site, did you go on to bigger things after that, or where did you go? I ended up getting jack of it, and I went out as a sales rep selling automotive products for three years, which I enjoyed, and that gave me some new skills that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, Dealing with mechanics and supervising mechanics and dealing with the occasional customer gave you some skills, but nothing on what I did as a sales rep. So you've got this trade background and now sales background, customer service background. That must be appealing to automotive industry. Like if, if, if I, as a recruitment HR guy, tried to go and sell car parts, I wouldn't know the technical ins and outs of those, but your background would, would serve well in that, I'm guessing. It, it was good. I was able to... Um, explain to people how they could use the products I was offering yep. to look after their clients' cars better and make more revenue. So it was kind of a combination of the two, which yeah, worked okay. quite well. So what were you selling? Automotive products. Yeah, so okay. Similar to Wins products, but a company called Fortron. Yep. All right. And so your targets there were who? Like the Small normal? workshops. Yep. Um, another guy looked after dealerships. I looked after small workshops at the time. Okay. So you're still in the automotive trade. What happens next after that? Um, got sick of that, yep. working stupid hours and the responsibility of holding stock and the revenue wasn't that great for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did I do next? I got approached to become a service advisor, which is a person you go to at a motor dealership, sits mm-hmm. behind the counter, explains the bill, um, gives the workshop, the work tasks. Um, I got approached for that position. Mm-hmm. And probably 18 months after that, Another firm approached me to do the same role. Um, and then I was there for 12 months and then that service manager at the time left and then they lumbered me with the service manager's job. Okay, so you've climbed the ladder now to being a service manager in a, in a dealership, is it? Yeah, in a dealership, yeah. Yeah, okay. And was that a good job? It was good, but it was high demand, long hours, um, quite stressful. 
everybody demands a lot when it comes to their cars. Yep. As soon as something goes wrong, it's your fault, whether you've had anything to do with it or not. So um, as a workshop manager, like, are you running the crew as well? So you're service manager, with, yeah. yeah. Service manager. Hiring, firing staff. Hiring, firing staff. Dealing with customers. Answering the, the management. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's so a lot. KPIs of how many vehicles per day. and Your bottom line profit targets. Yep. All that sort of stuff. Yep. Okay. So big responsibility. It was at the time when I was only 26. Yeah, okay. So it was early on. Had a team of probably 15. So I'm, yeah, again, I don't want to stereotype the industry, but if I take my car to the dealership, it's not a 26-year-old that's usually taking my keys off me. Not normally, no. Yeah, so that's a big climb for you in a small in a sharp, period of time. Very steep incline in a very short period of time with limited skills okay, for that. So again, that. why do you think that was? Just because I gave 100%. Yep. I'll, I'll probably, you know, there's a bit of luck, but you kind of create your own luck. If you do the right thing by the people you work with and work for, things come your way. And so let's rewind the clock to when you live in school and doing that trade. It's only a few more years down, less than 10 years. Do you, did, is this what you saw? No, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, just so kind of go with the flow. Just went with the flow, eh? So you were just creating a path as you went along. Yeah, just doing the right thing. And as things come up, you take advantage of them. If, if yep. it's not your cup of tea, you look for something else. Okay. So how long were you in that role for? Uh, seven years, roughly. Seven years. Okay. Mm. And then what happened? I uh, decided I got sick of that industry, so I went off on some parenting leave and thought yeah. I don't want to go back. Yep. Um, I've always been interested in finance. So before that, step me through the why. Why didn't you want to go back? I just had enough. Yep. I had enough of the, the hassle, the hard work, the but stress. You're going to get hassle and hard work at other industries. Yeah, you, you, you do, want, but if you, you just want change, if you really enjoy it, yeah. if it's something you really enjoy and passionate about, you can cop some hard work. So, did um, you, when you started in the industry, did you really love it and enjoy it, and you just burn out? Um, I, I liked it. Yep. Um, I tolerated it. Yep. I did enjoy it, but I didn't see it being a long-term outcome for me. Okay. And so you mentioned finance. So you've decided, or you, you're on parental leave. And you're toying with finance. Why finance? I just saw a path where I could help people without actually holding my hand out for them to pay me. So it, it's kind of something I've been passionate about. I was always interested in my own finance. And I thought, there's got to be a way that I can get into that and do it as a hobby but get paid for it. Yeah, okay. Because that's, that's really interesting that it's something that you can help people but they don't have to pay you. Because you're right, in the, the mortgage broking scene currently, and we might talk about that a little bit later on, but so the bank actually pays the broker or the finance person so the customer doesn't pay, you're just getting paid a commission on the sale. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so we facilitate it. So we find yeah, what's best, facilitate it, and the referral commission gets paid as opposed to them paying their own yeah. branch lenders. So did you look at any other, was there any other models like that around that would suit what, you, what you're talking about there or what you're looking for? There probably was, but at the time, you had limited options for training. Yeah, okay. So I went in with, with the Aussie brand I'm with now. And did, you, well, did you see that at the time? Like, So you would have been, what, early 30s at the time, is that right? Yeah, very early 30s. So you were probably going, oh, I'm too old to start again, I'm in this middle ground, who's going to train me? Were you fearful of that, were you? I wasn't concerned about that. Yep. Oh, what I was concerned about was how fast that I could 
generate enough revenue to survive okay. without doing the wrong thing by anybody. Yep. Gotcha. Mm. So you had responsibilities that you might not have had when you were a 22-year-old person. Oh, correct. Absolutely. <laughs> Mortgages. <laughs> so it's like I need to earn quicker. Absolutely. Okay. Got it. Oh, yeah. So let's go back. So um, mortgage. So we're doing it on the side at the start. How did it, how did it all start? I just went in boots and all. So how did you tell me about the approach? How did you get the rock? Did you just knock on someone's door? Step me through it. I actually saw an ad. Yep. Um, I'd previously dealt with Aussie with one of my own mortgages, and I saw an ad for mortgage brokers wanted. Mm-hmm. So I went and had a chat to them, found out what it was going to cost to start up, liquidated an asset. Yep. Um, so when you say start up. This isn't like a normal employment relationship, is it? So you're not you're not going into Aussie and they're going, we want someone to be an employee. They were talking about you being like a your own business and getting paid a commission. Proprietary limited company. Yep. Um, Stand alone with a contract, and then you're responsible to run your own company. Yep. And for that, they would provide you with leads and a vehicle for you to source your own. Okay. Did that scare you coming from a wage earning role in a trade? To going into wow now I'm my destiny's in my own hands or did that excite you? It excited me. It didn't scare me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It scared me if the time it was going to take. Yep. Um, to get to where I needed to be, but it didn't scare me taking on the challenge. So why did you have that confidence in a new market? Did you did you like tell me? Step me through that. I was always good at dealing with people, and I was always good at um, taking their side, um, getting what they wanted, and in past life I wasn't able to deliver that at all all the time. Um, I wasn't in direct control. I had to rely on other staff. Whereas what I do now, I facilitate the process, oversee it, and the only thing I've got to worry about is the lender end, the credit officers assessing deals. If I give them all the information they need, it goes through easily. Uh, It's the the unknown which causes us the problems now. Um, If we know it and they give us the information up front, it tends to be pretty easy. Mm. How long did that take? to get that system right? I was like, fairly quick at it. Um, so I probably picked it up in about the first six months. But still learning stuff now because it's always changing. Yeah, okay. So step me through the start. So you've seen an ad, you've applied for an opportunity at Aussie, they've stepped you through the start. What happens next? How do you work? How, do you, how does that work? So I went and did a month's training in Sydney. Um, that gave us the accreditation to do what we needed under... Aussie's banner. Um, they had certain levels of accreditation we had to be. And then basically so we... So what are those? So can anyone just walk up and be a finance broker? Or? No, you have to have at least a certificate for yep. in mortgage broking yep. at that time. So you did that prior to going to Aussie? No, they did put me through the course. Okay. So I paid the money, Yep. Um, put myself up for accommodation, did the training, came back to at that time a regional office, mm-hmm. um, which was based in Newcastle. And... There was a group of us all doing the same thing, all self-employed, working out of a central office. Mm-hmm. So we all helped each other, which in turn helped our clients. And basically we just ran our own companies, but within a team environment. Yep, so Aussie's essentially just providing you with a vehicle or leads, and then you guys as teams are going, okay, well, I'll take that one. Fred, you take that one. The regional manager allocated the inquiries. So they just allocated them, yep. Tried to give them to the skill set that fitted the client. Customer best, yep. Um, but there was limited information on the inquiries. So at times we found ourselves dealing with something that wasn't really at our skill set. So we just shopped it amongst ourselves and mm-hmm. got it done. Okay. So how long did you work in that regional office for? Uh, until 2009. So it's from 2006 to 2009. Okay, so three years, yep. 
and then I opened up a franchise located in Maitland. Mm -hmm. Why Maitland? Uh, it was an area that was available and it was an area that I'd serviced even though I was living in Newcastle. Yep. Um, I chose to deal up this way. Why did you choose to deal in Maitland? Didn't have anyone here really that could service the area well. So you saw opportunity. And the, the regional manager at the time said, oh, I'll give you some more inquiries um, if you're prepared to go outside of the area because there's lots out there that aren't being dealt with. Hmm. So I kind of formed a base here before I even got here. Hmm. So and then you made the jump to setting up an office? Which was what, not what I was looking for originally. Yeah, right, yeah. I didn't want staff, uh, didn't want to have to be open, <laughs> wanted to be working from home, flexible, do appointments of a night, play golf during the day. It kind of didn't work like that. So why is that? Uh, just everything changed. All the plans changed, the circumstances changed. There was an opportunity. Was it success? It was too successful? Too much work? No, it was just the having to be there from nine to five. Um, it's not what I was looking for. I was looking for flexibility. But it's turned out quite good. There's still some flexibility. I still do outside of office appointments. I still play golf on Wednesdays. <laughs> nice. So is that what... Because, um, like, step us through the brand. So Aussie, like, or not just the brand, but mortgage. how I perceive mortgage broking is it's not bank. So it's not nine to five. So most my view of a broker would be, hey, Amy and Craig are both working full time. Can you come and see us at 5.30 and step us through what you do with that? Yeah, absolutely. Is that sort of service level? Yeah, service level's different or our expectations as customers, I think, would be different from a broker as it would be to the rigid bank. Is that, am I right? Yeah, it's, it, it is like that, but there's less and less people want you to go outside of normal hours. Yeah, okay. Quite often they'll come in during lunch or a lot of people don't want weekend appointments now. They want their weekends to themselves. Mm -hmm. The after hours appointments I do outside of the office because it's more relaxing for the customer in their house. If they've been at work all day, they don't want to go to an office. Mm. They want to be in their own home. Um, so I do those. Um, I've got a team of people that it just depends what the client wants. Yep. So let's step through the growth. So you've come up to Maitland, you're getting referrals from a regional manager, you've now set up an office. So I'm guessing there's one Darren doing that. Step me through what happens next. Yeah, right. Well, I had to get some support staff because I got too busy. I've always had two brokers that have a contract with me. Yep. And they're still with me today. Um, I've got another two accredited brokers, just about to train another one, and I've got another additional three support staff. Mm -hmm. So then now you're getting into the space of being a business owner, Darren. Is this what we really wanted? No, <laughs> <laughs> but it's what I want now. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. You've just got to, go with the, got to go with the flow. Yeah. Things will happen and you'll either make a decision to do it or you won't. Sometimes if you don't do it, you'll look back and go, why didn't I do it? Yeah, absolutely. And if you did do it, why did I do it? Yep. If you don't do it, you won't know. Yeah, right, yeah. So you're happy to take the risk cause rather than look backwards and go, what if? Yeah, that's right, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I just roll with what I've got today and yep. I can only control what happens. So step me through. So we've gone through the process of you becoming tradesman, now professional finance broker with Aussie. Why? Why do you love doing what you do? It goes back to I can help people without holding my hand out and charging them for it. Yep. I make sure they get what they're looking for because I'm on their side, not who's going to fund the loan. Mm -hmm. the, who's going to fund the loan is irrelevant when yep. I'm talking to my client until it comes down to how many options have I got and then it's a matter of what's going to work best for that client 
And if it's a 50-50 call on the two deals are the same, then I would usually say to the customer, I've found this lender better than this one, and these are the reasons why, so that they can make a choice. Yep. But it's always customer first, has to be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, if you, it, that's with most businesses. If you focus on that end game of making money, you won't make money, as opposed to if you focus on the customer, money will come. That's exactly right, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, step me through some of the process stuff. So if I'm going for a home loan, you said it's now there's a lot of administration or paperwork to get right. What's the difference between 2009 and 2019? They really, they're not taking our word for what a household expenses might be as the big example. Mm-hmm. They want to see it. So okay. the customer says we spend $3,000, we're an adult couple with two kids. They say, well, you show us. Yeah, okay. They want to you justify that. But that's recent. That's more in the last 12 six months, 12 months. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more focus on that from a responsible lending piece. Um, they've always been able to give us a figure, but now they want to prove it's accurate. Mm-hmm. What about the stats? Like, So most people take a mortgage when they buy a house. How long until they refinance? What's the normal? And you, do, do you get that return? As many people go, great, I got the first one with Darren at Aussie and it's three years down the track or 10 years down the track, I want to look at my rate. How often does that happen? There's a lot that do come back and it does vary. Um, some people, the people that have been employed in their employment for a long period of time will tend to have their loan and leave it for a long period of time. The people that shuffle around employment a lot will tend to shuffle everything around a lot. Yeah, okay. So some people are happy to set, forget, just make sure it's right for them. And then others will be quite jumpy and attracted by the cheapest thing that's advertised yep. and kind of move often. A large percentage of those will come back through us or question us, us, and others will go directly to who we put the loan with, which is a challenge. Yeah, okay. Step me through the Royal Commission and the issues that are happening in your industry. How do you think it's going to affect your marketplace? Initially, not too much. Um, I've got to be a bit politically correct <laughs> how I comment. Um, what I would say is the biggest concern is that if it goes down a customer pays path... Well, that goes against what your whole desire is. The, the only winners will be the big fours because they'll have a stronghold on the market. So if competition decreases, they're not going to give it back to the borrower, they're going to give it to the shareholder. So. Yeah. My concern is the marketplace will pay more for the money. We will still survive because our business is big enough and strong enough. The problem is going to be what it's going to cost all of us as people to borrow money. Yeah, okay. That's a concern. What about from a career and an employment perspective? Do you see this Royal Commission impacting Aussies' ability to get brokers? Do you think people will be more fearful to come into your industry or stay? They'll be exiting? I think there'll be a lot exit. Yep. Um, There'll be some smaller smaller brokers that can't justify the, what it takes to process the deal for the return you get. Um, and there's a bit of uncertainty. So if the broker's share shrinks, then the more of that that shrinks, the more the lenders get a stronghold, the bigger ones. Yep. And, but there's a lot of second tier lenders, so smaller ones that don't have branches. They rely on the broker industry to, to give them business Mm -hmm. and if they're not around then the bigger players have got nothing to compete with and 
all of a sudden someone pays. Yeah. So will it make it harder for you to make commission? So in terms of the work that a broker needs to do, will it be harder to get the end commission? It doesn't look like it. It looks like they'll move it okay. to where we get it up front as opposed to smaller up front and then over a period of time, life of loan, um, which will just... It'll just change the way we do business. We'll okay. tend to spend less time looking at um, what's in the marketplace to compare to the current loan. It'll tend to be if the customer's going to pay us, we may as well do the whole restructure and make sure that it's 100% better mm-hmm. as opposed to if it's marginal, doesn't warrant the changeover costs. At the moment, we'll just we'd kind of leave it there. Yeah. It's not worth the financial changeover. Yeah. Um, but if the customer's going to have to pay us, then we're going to have to maximise every cent they save down the track. Yep, okay. So what's next then, given this industry potential change, what's next for Darren and and Aussie and Maitland? Uh, We're just going to keep recruiting, keep training brokers, make sure that our business is strong so that whatever changes happen, if there's less brokers in our marketplace, then we're going to do more business. And we're just going to make sure more people know what we do. Yeah, okay. Tell me about the, like, where we work is important. You guys had an office sort of down in the, um, what was it, off off the, one of the little side roads? Bulwer Street. Bulwer Street, that's the one. Now you're in the levee. Now you're in the main street. Tell me about the difference, the feel. How does it feel working? It's uh, The levee's great, actually. It's like a little... I'm not a fan of shopping centres myself, personally, which is quite funny. Kim goes, oh, you want to go to the shops? I go, no, thanks. <laughs> um, I like the levee. It's like a little community, but you're not cooped up in a shopping centre. You walk down the mall, it's open. Yeah. It's a bit cold in winter sometimes. Yeah, okay. A bit hot in summer, but um, it's a real good little community and we know a lot of the shopkeepers now. Yeah, good. So you've created a bit of a market. Yeah, yep. it's great. It's good fun. So you mentioned Kim. So you work with your wife. How's that go? Yeah, it's good. Good, good. for us. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We, um, we've always worked well together. So tell me, yeah, tell me about... She's, so did she come into this at the same time as you or did she come into a little bit after? A little bit after. Yep. I needed someone to help me track all of my applications that were in because I was getting too busy. Mm-hmm. And Kim learnt to do that for me, take that pressure away. And then once we got into the franchise land, obviously Kim knew a bit about what we did. So that helped for some support mm-hmm. from the initial outset. Yep. And so it's good to be able to support each other and work together in that sort of common goal I suppose absolutely do yeah. you um, keep each other honest I suppose do you how does that work in terms of being the boss oh. Kim's the boss we know him yeah. <laughs> I'm the boss when she's not there but if she wants to be the boss I'll let her be that <laughs> I'm just the worker very good you're yeah. just the guy out the back doing all the all the numbers oh, no I don't really do that I do most of the front sales part and then my support staff do all the gotcha paperwork Yep. I'm not bringing a paperwork, but I'm really good at structures. So yeah. So you did this to help people. Give me an example. Tell me one of your most fun, oh, exciting, man. uplifting stories. Don't need to use names, but just give me a give me a, a story. I've got a um, I've got plenty, but one that stands out. I got one guy who was working for the council. Just started living in his dad's unit. Um, didn't have two bob to his name. He said, what do I need to do? So I gave him some targets. About 18 months to two years later, he bought his first house. Um, So how many times did he see you in that 18 months? 
probably saw me two yep. two times. Um, what first time was original meat, put him on a plan. So that's an interesting story in terms of most. I wouldn't think most people would go. I've got no money. What do I need to do? They'd wait till they've got money to come to you. Whereas this guy's come to you and said, "Okay, how can I get to where I need to be?" And you've gone. Here's the targets yep. from a lending criteria perspective. To reverse engineer it for him to go, okay, this is how I do yeah, it. Yeah, I gave him the steps, told him what he needed, what his employment needed to look like. He went beyond what he needed and beyond. He actually got a second job. Yeah, wow. Um, I told him if at the time, second job was you need to be there six months. He did that. He was there for 12 months. Um, and he bought his first house. So I did that for him. And then he, he got engaged, got married, two children, Kept that house in investment, bought land, built another place. It's living the Australian dream. Yeah. And then what did we do? We restructured that. Uh, that I don't know the figure, but I moved him from one structure that he had to another one, which saved him a couple of thousand dollars a year in interest. It was quite a decent sized loan in the end. And he's now just about to buy a property in Queensland and relocate yeah, okay. within his employment. Awesome. And keep the current house. So what time frame are we talking there? Ten years, five years? Oh, it'd be 2007, yeah. late 2006, early 2007 I met him. Yeah. It's now 2019, so 12 years. That's amazing. What a good story. Mm. Step me through, how does Aussie work? If he's up in Queensland, can he still work with you? If he, he can. If he wants to work, you know, if he wants to buy another property in Bundaberg or somewhere, Darren's my guy, he can still do that? I have to be able to identify him. So yeah. it's going to need to be some kind of Skype or FaceTime and a someone's got to certify the ID. Yeah, okay. There are some other options where some lenders do a, a mobile identification process, but um, I don't tend to use those as much. I don't need to. Yeah, because it's just I'm just more thinking about the relationship. You've built this amazing relationship, supported this young guy through his, his dream of home ownership and then investment. It'd be nice to be able to maintain that even if he does move in a state. Yeah, he'll, he'll just text me out of the blue and say, how's your golf going? <laughs> Can you still play? I go, no, I never could. <laughs> How does golf work? Do you get much work out of golf? I build a lot of relationships which sort of feed work, but I don't actually promote work at golf. That's the best way to network, isn't it? Yeah. That organically happens. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, look, we've got a time machine in our podcast. It's called the Career Conversations uh, Time Machine. If we could rewind the clock to 20-year-old Darren, give him what you know today, what advice would you give him? I'd probably say look in the mirror. Um, and start to take some action early, not necessarily before you leave school, but as soon as you leave school, what are the things you really would love to do? And then just plan out a roadmap how you can do that. It won't, you can't go from leaving school to be a doctor and you can't go from leaving school to be a pilot. You're going to need to take steps. And if it means working at Woolworths to fund your training, then you need to do that. If it means... I don't know, working in a bakery or just doing something different. But the skills that you build have to be used for your career path. Just don't be, don't be um, wanting your end job when you're 20 years old because it's not going to happen. You're not yeah, going to know what it is. That's a really good advice. Do you look backwards now and think of your time as a mechanic as training to be a mortgage broker? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not mortgage broker, but just to become the person that I am. Yeah, okay. I was never an organised person, but when you're a mechanic, your tools have to go back yep. into a certain spot. If they don't, it takes twice as long to do your next job. So 
you kind of got you had to put things back in its place so for life for me now I never have to look for anything because it goes back where I got it from if it's not there then someone's taken it because I always put things back so I don't have to look for them next time okay all right before we finish up tell me about interest rates they're going to go up or they're going to stay or they're going to go down I don't know. We need a crystal ball. <laughs> if we had a crystal ball, um, I'd probably be able to predict a lot more. But they've been flat for a long time. They've been down for a long time. Yeah. They may drop once. They may go up once. But I'm not the expert on whether rates are going to go up or not. I just follow the market and do what's best for the clients based on what we've got to offer. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much, Darren. Thanks, Craig. Special thanks to our guest today, uh, Darren Munro from Aussie Home Loans here in Maitland. And a special thanks to his wife, Kim, because I'm sure Kim uh, was the one who pushed him in my direction and made sure that he came here and had this conversation uh, a little bit outside of Darren's comfort zone. So appreciation to both Darren and Kim for allowing him the time uh, to record the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the guys at Aussie, uh, we'll have some contact details and all links to their socials in the show notes, uh, either at our website, which is www.hrgroup.com.au or at SoundCloud. And remember to subscribe to our podcast via Apple Podcasts or at SoundCloud. And if you're really keen to hear from a a certain guest or a a member of your family or the public that you're inspired by or think would be a a great career conversation, then please drop me an email at craig at hrgroup.com.au. Until next time, I'm Craig McGregor and thanks for listening.